Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad. I'm David. We're glad to be back with you for another study. We're going to be studying from Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 20 and 21. That's kind of the text of our study tonight. But we're glad to be with you for another um, evening of, of study. And uh, if you have any questions, um, email us at truth um, in agape love at gmail.com. I always forget. I don't know why I forget. <laughs> um, and you can find the link of that email in our description of the podcast. And if you like what you hear, give us a share, uh, subscribe to the podcast. I did want to mention you can get the podcast on Audible. So if you have the Audible mm. app um, and you like to re- listen to audiobooks, you can you can find the podcast there. But anyways, with that said, um, I think um, we're ready to jump right into our study. Yeah. So the the topic is and the like, as we see in Galatians 5.21. But, for example, like things like in Revelation 21.8. As it says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, I started there, actually, for my lesson, because at the beginning of that verse, it says, but the cowardly. So the cowardly will have their part in the lake of fire. Now, Chad, I don't know about you, but... If I did not ever read this verse, I would never have thought that being a coward is punishable yeah. by eternal hellfire. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of where I started because if it was not for this verse, I would have never have thought of that. You know, that that's one of those like and the like, you know, mm-hmm. where we really need to consider the punishments by God for things that we should not be doing. Yeah. You know? And in my notes, I wrote down the list of what not to practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what's funny, because I call it, like, the list of no-nos. Yeah, and yeah, and it's great. It's good to have that, because, you know, it's a cut and dry what to not do, you know? Yeah. and But, you know, to look at, at certain things that perhaps we wouldn't necessarily think of, or things that we might... Um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Might make excuses for. Right. You know, like um, in Galatians 5.20, it talks about outbursts of wrath. So let's let's read Galatians 5.20 and 21. Well, Chad, can you read that? Yeah. And then we'll kind of start get, digging into it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so of course this podcast is going to be talking about what not to do, right? Right. And so one thing what not to do is have outbursts of wrath. Now Mm -hmm. a lot of times... I called out the outburst of wrath here because a lot of times we make excuses for it. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't happen all the time. It's it's only when I'm like really angry or yeah. something like that. Now understand, anger is not the outburst of wrath. Because God tells us to be angry and do not sin. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Ephesians four twenty six. But 
an outburst of wrath a lot of times happens when we're angry. Oh, sure. You know, like, for example, if, if you're a mechanic and you're working on uh, <laughs> a car, you know, the, the wrench slips off the nut, you bust your knuckles on a bunch of those jagged metal edges, you know, that's all a part of cars, and then you start flipping out. Yeah. You know, you have that outburst of wrath where you're throwing the wrench and you're bleep well, and bleep bleep and, and the joke is, uh, you're going to learn some new words here, you know? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but, if if you're a mechanic, you're gonna learn some new well, words, and and you know it, that's the joke. But it's that's what we're talking about. We have to we have to learn to control ourselves. Yeah, David, just getting this recording going. You know, anyone who's ever worked with a computer, okay. Sometimes it doesn't do what you want it to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got a little cartoon, uh, picture hanging up above Rick's um, uh, desk. Guy, my business partner. And it's a guy that says, hit any key. And it's a guy holding a big sledgehammer over his head. And he's getting ready to hit any key with the sledgehammer. <laughs> you know, because that's what we feel like doing sometimes when a computer doesn't do what we want. And you start, ele- your voice gets elevated. You're like, why is this thing not working? Yeah. And, and we, we got a laugh out of it because that's what we were going to talk about tonight. <laughs> uh, so we have to control ourselves. It's okay to be frustrated and upset with it. But it can't cause us to sin. We have to work to not let it cause us to sin and do something stupid or or belittle someone or you know any of those kinds of things maybe maybe you're upset at the it guy you know so you call him a bunch of names whatever yeah um you get my point that it kind of it relates to really anything that that gets frustrating at times yeah that we have to deal with yeah well and you know even even god shows that Mm self-control you know um we've talked about this quite a few times when moses went up on the mount to receive the Ten Commandments. Yeah, God was, yeah. Within 40 days, and keep in mind, God has just, literally with His power, no power of their own, mm-hmm. led them out of slavery yeah. from Egypt. And within 40 days, they are turning their back to God and worshiping a golden calf. Now, God had every right to destroy him mm-hmm. because He saved him. He has every right to destroy him. He created him, everything. But He was getting ready to and not only was he willing to stop and listen to Moses as Moses was pleading for the people, but then he adhered to what Moses was saying. Yeah. And that shows amazing self-control. Like, when I'm angry, get out of my way because that's not going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, <laughs> like you were talking about with the keyboard, like... Hit any key. Yeah. Where's my sledgehammer? Well, and, you know, especially when it comes to computers and all that stuff if you don't have self-control you're going to be spending a lot of money you know oh yeah replacing them because you (laughs) yeah you know growing up playing um nintendo and all that stuff Mm -hmm. throwing the throwing the remote across the room you know the paddle across the room because it you died (laughs) that's an outburst of wrath by the way yeah (laughs) but what do we do when we get mad do we have those outbursts of wrath or do we try to work on ourselves? You yeah. know, and in no way am I sitting here saying that we're perfect. No, goodness. We, no. we, we do the same thing. And that's kind of why it's, I'm joking a little bit because we all struggle with it. Like when somebody cuts us off in the road, we could be having the best day. Yeah. And it's almost like that could ruin the day for you. Don't let it, mm-hmm. just let it go. 
Maybe he had to pee or something. You yeah, know, maybe us, he's in a hurry for whatever reason. And of Just course, every time that happens, us being here in Idaho, it's always a Utah or whatever. You know, yeah, or somebody from <laughs> California. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> what in the world? Anyways, it does, but it's no excuse, and we can't make excuses for those things. There's, there's nothing that justifies that. That's right. And and the the point behind it is to call it out so we can work on it in ourselves. You know, it's not like. Mm-hmm. These things that are talking about is people who practice these things, mm-hmm. who they don't ever try to work on it. Mm-hmm. So let's, the focus is to call it out so we can work on it in ourselves. Well, and, and what we're talking about here is what you pointed out in this um, study is, and the like, mm-hmm. well, there's not enough room to put everything down. That's right. And so, so that, the like, you know, we can, we can paint in our a picture in our mind of what those things are and it's just those things like road rage you know yeah you know maybe cussing someone out because they did something to you you know those kinds of things that we have to try to uh refrain from or, or putting somebody down you know i yeah. mean uh that's that's a horrible thing to do uh to belittle someone or or uh and and sometimes we're not right on Maybe we're falsely accusing them when we didn't approach right. it correctly, you know? Yeah. And so we have to be careful how we treat each other and even treat people who aren't Christians because we're trying to be a shining light. That's right. In, in the world. And so we have to we have to portray ourselves as Christians. Yeah. As Christ-like. <laughs> as Christ-like. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's important, too. I mean, you know... <laughs> No one wants to see the preacher cussing some guy out on a on a subway <laughs> or a train or something, you know, and then and then get up and and preach to us about you know Christ. Watching your mouth or something. Well, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and so you know, we, you know, I think we understand what we're talking about here. Yeah, and you know, these are the reason why I called these out are these are things that we we all struggle with from time mm. to time. Yeah, and so the point behind it is just to call it out so we can work on it. Sure, you know. So, recognizing that, you know, outbursts of wrath is not okay. So, when it happens, you know, recognize what, just work on yourself. Well, and, and that's all it's about is trying to to be better for the Lord so we can be that light in this dark world. Too, and it's going to happen, David. That's right. And when it does, we, we need to confront it and be willing to you know apologize or, or you know approach that person or, mm-hmm. or or deal with the issue ask for forgiveness you yeah. know uh repent repent you know and 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 see the problem and, and deal with it and move on yeah you know growing up in my household we um like when i was a kid growing up with you know four brothers in the house mm-hmm. yeah we had a problem with uh, anger right oh, like oh yeah like sure and and it, it was just a part of life. Like, and so this is one reason why I love my wife so much is because she wouldn't, she'll call me out when I'm, when I'm doing things like this and she'll actually call me out. She won't make excuses for me. She's like, no, mm-hmm. you're being a hypocrite or you're, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be doing that. And mm-hmm. it, it's hard to hear sometimes, but she says it because she loves me and she yeah. wants the best for me. And so mm-hmm. I, I always, um, I can praise my wife because she may not be listening to this later. <laughs> now you 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 called you said to be angry and do not sin. That's Ephesians four twenty six. Did we read that? Uh, no, I, I just kind of quoted it. Yeah, I just quoted it. But I mean, 
That's what he's talking about. Be angry and do not sin. Yeah. That's what we have to work so on. Anger is not the is not sinful. You know, God recognizes we are going to sin or we're going to be angry. But what do you do when you're angry? So just because you're angry does not give you the excuse to have an outburst of wrath or does not give you an excuse to sin in mm-hmm. any way. You know, and but being angry, that's when we're at our most vulnerable to sin, where you know our patience is gone, whatever the case is. So check yourself. You know, just yeah. because you're angry does not give you the right to to shout out the mouth or have this outburst of wrath. So that's that's the point behind it is just because you're angry that doesn't give you the excuse, and that's what a lot of times we do. We we make excuses for ourselves. Well, I was I was mad, and so just just let it go, you know. Like say I lash out at my family. Well, I want to. Well, I was just angry, so you just got to let it go. Yeah, that's not okay. You know, that doesn't give me an excuse to have to no. outburst of wrath towards my family or towards anyone. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what we're talking about. Let's work on ourselves. You know, and then. In Galatians 5.21, as Chad, you mentioned, at the end of the the list of what I call the list of no-nos, right? The list of what not to do, he says, and the like. And a lot of times people, they'll look at the the list of what not to do, and they're doing something else, and they're like, well, then I'm good. I don't have to really work on it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why Paul mentions, and the like, things that are destructive and divisive in nature, is is definitely one of those and the like. Well, and I love how you point out like the next one, you know, busybodies. Yeah. Gossipers. That's right. You know, things like that or getting in other people's business. You know, that's that's that can be another problem as well. Well, it, it can actually be very destructive. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they didn't call that out in this verse in the you know, in Galatians. Yeah. So I guess that's it's and, an the, and like. the like. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it is called out in other places. Yeah. Ephesians or sorry, Second Thessalonians three eleven and twelve. Yeah, do you want to read that for yeah, us real sure. fast? So uh, it says, "For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread." Okay, so being a busybody is meddling in in other people's business, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's not your business. And yeah. so we were at, at another place. I'm not going to call them out or anything, but we were at another place, and we were the only ones that uh, were not retired in that whole congregation. Mm-hmm. And they were meddling in into my life and my family's life, just busybodies, because... Well, they're retired and they have nothing else to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they would meddle in and they would actually, in a lot of ways they were great because they would they treated my kids like they were their own grandkids, which, of course, for me and Tamika, we never had to do, get our kids anything because they, they got our, they, they gave us, they gave our kids everything. Yeah. And so we never had to, we actually never had to buy them clothes or anything the whole yeah. time we were there because yeah. <laughs> they always brought them clothes and whatnot. But they would they would actually uh, took my oldest daughter for the afternoon and mm-hmm. took her out to lunch and all that. But then they started like drilling my daughter, 
you know what what's going on here what what are you doing there and and really yeah. interrogating her mm-hmm. and of course my daughter was what like 9 10 she didn't know any better she's just talking and mm-hmm. you know and the next thing i know people who don't ever even come to church knew about things that were none of their business yeah but what that ended up causing for my family was a lot of heartache mm-hmm. and a lot of hurt because mm-hmm. now we felt like we had to look over our shoulders every time we came to services. It made it to where we didn't even want to come to church. Yeah, and division too. It, it was very it. It's very divisive in nature, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with being a busybody. You're actually you you meddle in, and then you actually they want to meddle in to gossip, you know, so they can go and tell everyone else about it. It's none of your business, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not to be like Chad. You know, I'm not to to sit here and spy on you because, mm-hmm. well, I want you to be a righteous man. You know, I want you to be leading your family the way that you know you should. So I shouldn't be, you know, standing out of your house and, you know, outside your house with binoculars and trying to <laughs> spy in on you, you yeah. know. It's not my business. That's not what we're to do. But rather, if if I see you doing something, it's like, hey, brother, you know, you, you probably shouldn't do that. That's how you go about doing that. But... To be a busybody is is very divisive, and and it it's very hurtful because a lot of times what you see isn't what is actually going on, it, which of course leads right into the actually the next point. Hey, but I got a we, verse. I got a verse. Yeah. I, I thought of something. Go ahead. Uh, Matthew seven three, and I got on my pocket computer and found it real fast. Sweet. It says uh, Matthew seven three. And why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? Yeah. That's what I always think of because of this verse is when you're criticizing someone, are you looking at yourself too? Yeah. Or what do they say? When you point your finger, there's three pointing back at you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and usually that's how that kind of thing happens. You know, what just what you're talking about. Yeah. We totally look past what we need to take care of. And all we want to do is worry about what those people need to take care of. Yeah. You know, and it's easy to do. It is. Well, I I think we've all been there. Yeah. You know, when we need to first examine ourselves, you know. Yeah. And, you know, this is a good passage, what Jesus is talking about judging others. That's right. And, you know, in that context, he's actually, he's not telling us not to judge one another, but he's, he's rather telling us to judge righteously. Yeah. Look at ourselves first and make sure that we're not being a hypocrite when we're trying to correct one another. Yeah. Because that's, you cannot well, bring someone to the Lord when you're not in the Lord. Yeah, and that's what he says in verse 5. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah. And that's exact. That's a very strong point because first examine yourself, you know. Um, but to bring this up, turn over to First Peter four fifteen. I'm there. Here he is. A busybody is in the list of along with a murderer. Yeah. So he says in verse fifteen of First Peter four, but let none of you suffer as a murderer a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. So a busybody is listed in the same list as a murderer and a thief. You know, do we think of being a busybody as as sinful in in ways where do we recognize how destructive it is? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like when you look at, Chad, it, 
if if I murdered you, that would be devastating to your family. Oh yeah, would it not? Yeah, it, w- it would. It would divide them, and, mm-hmm. and not like they would stick together, but you're a key component in that family. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just as much as your wife is, and just as much as your kids are key oh, yeah. components to the whole family, and and so to murder someone, it's devastating to the to the rest of the family and the loved ones, and and you know how devastating it is, and as being a thief or an evildoer, well, a busybody is the same way. It, it's very divisive in nature, and it doesn't belong in Christ's church. You know, it. there's no room for that. You know, uh, Ephesians 4, 3, you know, it says... Yeah, in, I like this one. Endeavoring, or let me turn over there, Ephesians 4, 3, says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The word endeavor is... <clears throat> is striving. You know, it takes a lot of hard work to keep the unity of the Spirit. So as a congregation, it's hard to keep that unity together. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And being a busybody in other people's matters can destroy all of that. It, it can literally rip the entire congregation apart. And but on the surface, when somebody's being a busybody, they don't recognize how destructive it can be. Yeah. I'm sure anybody who is a busybody isn't necessarily trying to be divisive, just they don't recognize how divisive it is. Yeah. And I like later on in this chapter, you know, verse 29 yeah. here he, he, of, of, of Ephesians four twenty nine, because he gets into what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, let let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impact grace to the hearers. That's important. We, yeah, we, we ought to be focusing on what's going to be positive, what's going to be, you know, good and necessary, mm-hmm. not unnecessary. You know, just destructive. Sometimes our words can be destructive, like we're saying, being busybodies and things. Yeah. Well, and this actually, being a busybody naturally leads into assuming the worst in one another. Yeah. And so that's actually <clears throat> that's actually the next point where assuming the worst, and, and right here, don't let, a, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. When you look at the NASB translation, it actually renders let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Yeah. So it's not just corrupt words, but it's actually an unwholesome word. Mm-hmm. Now, a part of being unwholesome is not the full truth. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens when you assume the worst. Mm-hmm. You're, you're assuming not based off of proof, but rather just your think so. And so that, it, again, that is so destructive. Because as soon as you begin to assume the worst in someone then everything that every conversation you have with them and it, everything you see about them is going to just um, support your assumption mm-hmm. rather than the facts. You know, well, and usually being a busybody, and th- this will get into our next point. Sorry, David. No, you're good. Um, being a busybody is going and telling everyone except the person that it's about. Yeah. Like going around and telling everyone, hey, guess what so-and-so did? Guess what so-and-so did? And you go and basically t- 
talk and figure out and well, I don't know what you know why that's so appealing you know because it's I think it's kind of a tension for all of us to do we want to go and talk about other people and stuff um, it's a way easier to talk to everyone else yeah rather than confront that person and a lot of times if we would have just confronted them it, we have a total misunderstanding of the whole situation yeah well you know? and that's the real problem with that goes right into assuming the worst right yeah and and the problem the the real problem behind it is you have slandered their reputation yeah. and they cannot gain that back yeah with with everyone that you've you've gossiped about you know yeah. so the the busybody and and then gossiping a lot of times people want to be a busybody so they can gossip about it later you know mm-hmm. where oh man you sh- you should have seen what Chad was doing the other day you know i yeah. seen him Mm-hmm. He said he was working, but he wasn't at work, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't in his job site because mm-hmm. I, I know your work and you, you travel all over, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But then from that, it, it could go all the way into, you know, he's leaving his family or something crazy. Like, yeah. the gossip can go so far yeah. and then none of it is true. Oh, yeah. And And just so everyone knows... Chad, you're great to your family. Oh yeah, and so <laughs> I'm not. I don't want anyone thinking that Chad is not good with his family. Right. He's he's Chad is great. Yeah, and well, so but it's true. You can you can make assumptions and be like, oh that's man, right. what was it? Did you you said something about you seen seen a a, a brother walk out of a bar or something? Did yeah. you bring up an it, it example? Was, it was an analogy, so it wasn't something that actually happened. Yeah. but like let's say for example, you see. Brother Bob, he's mm-hmm. you're driving out of town, and you're about 10 miles outside of town. Then there's this bar just out in the middle of nowhere, like 10 miles outside of town. You see Brother Bob walking out of that bar. Mm-hmm. You assume he went in there to get drunk. But not only that, you assume he's trying to hide it from all the other brethren. Or, yeah. You know, he's trying to hide it. Yeah. And so from that point, say I see Brother Bob, and then I go to the rest of the congregation. I'm like, man, I seen Brother Bob walking out of that bar. Yeah. He's a drunkard. Yeah. And of course, then every conversation I have with them, yeah, it's gonna just, it's my mind frame is completely off with him, mm-hmm. and so everything he says is is going to just back up my assumption rather than assuming the best, you know, yeah. where everything about that is just gonna assume the worst and the worst and the worst in him. And let's say, for example, I'm I'm up there preaching because I'm concerned for Brother Bob, and I'm yeah. sitting up there preaching. I'm like, Brother Bob's a drunkard. I seen him walking out of a bar, <laughs> the the bar that's ten miles outside of town. He's yep. a drunkard. Mm-hmm. We need to help him, and we need to work on him. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the pulpit is not a bully pit. You no. don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a preacher and you're listening to this, don't ever do that. Yeah. But let's just say for you know, use that as an example. Then Brother Bob, after the sermon, stands up and he says, you know. My car broke down mm-hmm. 10 miles on the other side of that bar. So he's 20 miles outside of town. He didn't have a cell phone, and his wife and his child was in the car. And he had to get to the closest payphone. Mm-hmm. And the closest payphone was that bar. Mm-hmm. And there was nowhere else for another 10 miles outside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good reason to walk into that bar and to get yeah. that payphone so he can get back to his family. Now, I'm not recommending to anyone to hang out in a bar or be around a bar. That's not good. But that's a situation where he's not a drunkard. He wasn't there to drink. He was there to get help for his family that is 20 miles outside of town. And the the thing that could have solved that whole story is to confront Bob. Yeah. 
personally. What I should have done is walk up to Bob and yeah. say, hey, hey, brother, what's going on? What's going on? You need help? That's right. And so. But that's hard to do. Sometimes we're too scared and we're a coward, like you said. Yep. We're too cowardly and we won't do that. We won't go and say, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Everything okay? You know, that's all you got to say. Yeah. And you'll get the whole explanation of what's going on. That's right. So, you know, let's use that, that same analogy and how Brother Bob stood up and explained himself, and then I was wrong. Now, I look yeah, I look like a horrible person mm-hmm. because I, I am at that point. Yeah. But now let's say that Brother Bob was not there that Sunday, and I preached that. Yeah. Now, everybody in the room now assumes horribly about Brother Bob because of my wrongful assumption. Yeah. And then his reputation is slandered from that point on. No one... Everyone will think differently of Brother Bob, mm-hmm. all because of my assuming the worst in him. Mm-hmm. And so, don't ever assume the worst in a brother. And that's that's just an analogy, but we do it a lot of times. Let's say, for example, you walk into the room, and like, Chad, you don't say hi to me like I thought you should. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume you're mad at me rather than just saying, hey, brother, what's going on? Yeah. Little things like that, but then... Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, I do that, and I think that you're mad at me. Mm-hmm. Then the next time I see you, it gets worse. Let's say you're you're busy again. Mm-hmm. Now he hates me. Yeah, and then I'm just I build this hatred towards yeah. you, Chad. And then and our assumptions can just take control. It, it can everything. destroy us. It can destroy mm-hmm. your relationship with one another. Yeah, and in destroy endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Yeah. Exactly. It, it destroys all of that based off of just a silly assumption. Yeah. And, you know, um, my wife, again, she's, you know, we were at, in uh, in New York, and, and I actually talked to Patrick. He mm-hmm. was he was uh, joining us a, a few podcasts yeah. ago, yep. and he, I was telling Patrick about it, where Patrick, when, when he's... In the zone. Sometimes he comes Sunday morning and he's in the zone. And he's he's heavy in thought. Yeah. And y- he could walk right by you, and you say hi, and he won't say anything. He's not trying to be rude. He is in the zone. Yeah. And, I think we all get that way. Yeah. And but so Tamika said hi to him, and he just walked by. She thought he was so mad at him. She's like, "What did I do? I don't think he likes me." And I'm like, "You got to relax, you know." Yeah. And then uh, of course next next time around, he comes right up to. To Tamika, and she's like, oh, okay, then we're good. We're good. <laughs> you know, but if she just continued to assume the worst, mm-hmm. it could have got so much worse. Yeah. And so you could take it to a grander scale, like Brother Bob in the bar, like we mentioned, or those little things can be so destructive as well. Just the little assumptions that we make about one another. Well, and I think, uh, not really, I think. Just relating this to like a, a marriage. Oh yeah, you know, and you you have to work at things, you know, yeah, to make it work. There's things you have to do, and 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 as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to do the same thing. Yeah, we have to work at it and go. Are you okay? You know. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask that. Don't don't be afraid to come. Uh, um, how's everything going? Is everything all right? You know. Yeah. And um and 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 to to get to know people and understand you know what they're dealing with and what what's going on you know that's so important and we have to work at it and and i think that's the biggest thing and that kind of leads in to our next verse here 
Um, because Matthew eighteen fifteen was a big one about Brother Bob here that we're talking about. Yeah, go ahead and read Sorry, that. Sorry, Matthew eighteen fifteen. Oh, I'm actually not there. I was just looking at it on the... I, I'm looking at my notes, but I'm actually there. Okay. So Matthew eighteen <laughs> fifteen says, Moreover, if, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Yeah, that's a, actually a really strong point because there, what were we supposed to do first? We were supposed to go to him one-on-one. Go on to one. him first. And so just like that brother Bob, you should have, if this was the case and I was driving by, I should have stopped mm-hmm. and I should have said, brother, you know, I see you walking out of a bar. Is everything okay? If you're yeah. here to get drunk, I'm really worried for your soul. Yeah, exactly. Work it out between him and you alone. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, actually, um, have experienced this firsthand myself, um, and it, it was a, a wonderful experience. You know, actually several times. But uh, it, is it easy to go confront that person? No, no, not at all. In fact, you got some anxiety about it, especially if you're like me. You don't like confrontation. Yeah, you know. Um, which I don't know anyone who likes confrontation, but some handle it better than others. Some though. handle it better <laughs> yeah. than others, but that's a tough thing to do. It is, but you can accomplish so many more things, better things. Maybe you can help them through some uh, situation. Yeah, like maybe he was drinking, you know, or maybe you know now you got now you can help him one on one and bring him back. That's right, and and, and help him uh, overcome that temptation or something. But at least that way, you didn't slander his slander name, his name through, through the mud. Which, if he keeps doing that, then yeah, eventually, then we got to approach w- it. We have to let other people know. Yeah, and Matthew eighteen uh, sixteen and following through verse twenty actually talks about that. You know, then you'd bring one or more with you, and then if he still won't hear them, then you take it before the church. And if he still won't hear them, and you mark him as a brother walking in there. Yeah. Um. But here's here's another point. Um, a lot of times people, well, let's say, Chad, that you, I have done something to offend you. Yeah. And I know I have, but you won't come to me. Mm-hmm. Should I just sit here and say, well, that's that's Chad's problem. I don't, he hasn't come to me. He's, he's supposed to come to me. No, the road goes both ways, that's I think. That's right. Matthew 5, verse 23. Here he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So, so if I know that you have something against me, Chad, and you're not, let's say, for whatever reason, you, because it is hard, oh, so yeah. you haven't come to me yet, yeah. I need to come to you. But notice, as he's talking, you're there bringing your gift offering to the altar and you remember like i'm there with my gift offering and i'm like oh chad has something against me leave it there and go like mm-hmm. notice the urgency behind it don't leave it i'll deal with that tomorrow no yeah you deal with it now yeah, you have to deal with it now that's right yeah because you know and in fact because too many times assuming the worst yeah and and let's say chad you just assume the worst in me and and i I heard something about it, so then I take you out and have a cup of coffee with you. Mm-hmm. 
and you you share with me mm-hmm. well yeah you know you did this thing and i'm like yeah but there was this whole other thing like say i'm brother bob in that scenario yeah well i seen you walking out of the bar you know you mm-hmm. come and finally I, I i call you aside and brother what's going on and you're like well i seen you walking out of a bar mm-hmm. you know and then i'm like well i i i needed to use the phone because my family was 10 yeah, miles yeah, outside yeah, of town yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know or whatever the case well, is and it says like even back going back to matthew 18 15 you know you have gained your brother he says there at the end yeah because a lot of times you're gonna uh if there is a issue maybe and they're like you know what i messed up yeah. you know i need to repent whatever and you gain your brother what a glorious thing yeah what a great thing to mm-hmm. gain your brother you know or, or to have your, to to uh, to have that worry that you were worried about, brother Bob, you know, gone. Yeah. Now it's gone. Now you don't have to worry about. It. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. We're good. You need help? Like, what can I do? You know. Yeah. So and you know, like, can you imagine having that those hard feelings towards brother Bob, worried about him for like a week? Yeah. And you don't mention anything for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, I didn't have to worry at all this whole time. Yeah, he was fine. I, I wasted a week of worrying for nothing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so it all begins with assuming the worst. Assuming the worst in your brother, you know? Let's say, um, well, I think we kind of yeah, hit think it we pretty got good. It. The, the next one is Romans 10, 1 through 4. Oh, yeah, here's and a good one. after Romans 10, 1 through 4, I have... Something you should have had in your lesson. Great. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Okay. So the next point is is to not implicate or implement your think so. Okay, yeah. Your think so has has no place in the Church of Christ. You know, um, is it Romans 4.12? No. Or Acts 4.12? No. Okay. It's totally different. You got to <laughs> okay, keep cool. going. All right. Because so, it's after this one. So Romans 10, 1 through 4. Here he says, and this is Paul speaking, as Paul wrote to the to Rome, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so, Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the one who we submit to. As it also says in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus here is speaking. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so, Christ is the only one that has authority. Nowhere in Scripture does he hand that authority over to someone else. He yeah. still has all authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, where were you... What's a good one for? Okay, so I got um, I I what made me think of um, and maybe it was, maybe it was more um, going to confront your brother. Um, it kind of goes along with um, you know taking the plank out of your eye, okay. and the speck out of your brother's eye, and it's Matthew eighteen twenty four through thirty five, and it's the parable of the um, the debtor, um, the unforgiving servant. Matthew 18, what? Uh, 24 and through 35. Okay. Um, what And what made me, I'm pretty sure that's, 
you said something that made me think of basically the attitude of the guy here. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. In Matthew 18. So so basically just the attitude of this guy who owes all these debt, okay? Um, and and, and what, how he didn't even realize what had been done for him and then just went right out. So verse 24 says, And when he had began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, which is a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah, it is. Um, and when he had begun to settle, uh, oh, sorry, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and all that payment um, and, and that payment be made. The servants therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved and had compassion, released him and forgave him his debt. So he just completely forgave him his debt. Yeah, and so here's here's something interesting. As I, this um, ten thousand talents. Yeah. Was like oh, it, it, for a laborer, it would have taken him. I think it was like uh, something crazy, like ten thousand years to pay it back at his at his um, labor's wage. Right. Right. And so it was impossible for him to pay it back. Yeah. while working an honest living. Yeah. I'll say that, you know. And he was going to lose his whole family. Yeah, his his wife and children were going to go children. into slavery. Yeah, all of them. And he had, of course, um, in that time, everyone who is associated with him has to pay, right? Yeah. And so that's what he was up against. Yeah. He was up against a debt that he would have never been able to pay. Never. And that's a huge debt, and yet his master forgave him the whole debt. Yeah. Now that illustration is we owe a debt to God. Yeah. That we cannot pay back. Yeah. We can't pay it back with a thousand lifetimes. No. We cannot pay this debt to God. Mm -mm. It's our sin. And that's that kind of how committed. That's kind of how we can be as Christians mm -hmm. too. We can we we've got this debt forgiven. That's right. We 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 have this. And then we go right out and do well, we got to read the rest of this. Yeah, this. But, yeah. But we go right out and don't even realize what we've just been forgiven. What we've been blessed with. Yeah. Absolutely. So continue on verse 28. But that servant, so this servant, I mean, he just got that debt, this huge debt that basically he was had stood no chance of ever paying back. Right. Just got it forgiven. And verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is... Nothing compared to what he just... It was about a year's labor. Yeah, wage. 100 denarii. And laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done... They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? 
And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So I think this is huge. Absolutely. This is a great example to us because immediately he just went out and forgot what had happened to him and didn't pass that compassion on to people that owed him. That's right. And when you look at this ties in to what exactly we're talking about, you know, just at the end of, of Matthew 18, 35. Mm-hmm. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. So we have all sinned and we all are undeserving of the, the glory of God. And then Romans 3.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death. Yeah. So when when the... The master turned him over to the torturers. Hell is torture. Mm-hmm. And so that same illustration, that's what we deserve. Yeah. We deserve that torture. Yeah. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. But then this goes back to the the model prayer in Matthew 6. Yeah. And, you know, this is Jesus. Jesus Jesus is speaking here. That's right. He, he's using a, a parable. This is a parable yep. that Jesus gives to us that lays it out exactly how it is for us, what he did for us, for yeah. giving us those, the debt that was unforgivable or was unpayable. Yeah. That's our sin. Yeah. We you have know? all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. There's actually nothing. Yeah. We are lost mm-hmm. without christ mm-hmm. and um i was gonna go somewhere oh i'm sorry no I that's okay I, I completely forgot where i was gonna go so oh you said john something i think i think but. matthew 6 but then i turned over to matthew 6 and <laughs> you know there's there's 34 verses here i, I don't remember <laughs> well where else i go with that i was just sitting at something really uh it, it it really popped out of me and it made me think of the debtor yeah and you know. um the model prayer Oh yeah, Matthew six twelve. It says, "And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors." Yeah, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom of heaven, yeah, or the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then in verse fourteen, he says, "For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." Yeah. So Christ, you know, he said it right here, mm-hmm. but then we don't, we can't fully comprehend. So then Christ uses this parable in Matthew 18 to really illustrate our debt. Mm-hmm. We have a debt that we cannot pay. Like, it yeah. is unfathomable f- for us to pay it. Yeah. You know, and and it's forgiven us. Mm-hmm. Like, the. We're well, forgiven? He goes from, like, verse 26, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. He can't, even even though he says he will. Right. He can't. Then the master of the servant was moved, and compassion released him, and forgave him the debt. Next verse. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him money. He went out and found him. Yeah. He, it wasn't like he stumbled on him he it was like okay i'm forgiven of that now i'm gonna go get that money from old so-and-so you know <laughs> what a you know? wicked servant yeah you know i mean he learned absolutely 
nothing from what just happened to him. Yeah. You know. But now let's 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 consider it this way though. How wicked we are. Yeah. How Christ shed his blood for us. Mm-hmm. He he sacrificed himself in such a horrific way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't read through the gospels and then and then look at his sacrifice in like Matthew 27 and not cry. Like when mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. I can read it and and try to disassociate myself from from mm-hmm. what's going on, but if I really think about it, every time I I've, I've preached on Matthew or John I can't get through the lesson without yeah. bawling. Yeah. Because his sacrifice, but knowing that he could have called 10,000 angels, mm-hmm. knowing that he could have, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He willingly did it. Same as this debtor. Did this debtor have That's to right. forgive him? No. No, but he did. Christ is that one that allowed us a way to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And how wicked are we? That we don't turn around and thank God for it, yeah, and and we don't turn to Christ and humbly bow before Him and let Him be your master. Mm-hmm. He is not an unruly master. Mm-mm. Take take my yoke upon you. Mm-hmm. Learn from me. Yeah, you know Matthew eleven. He is good to us. Well, and and Christ gives us this example. You know, he gives us this parable, and it is exactly to a T what he does for us. That's right. And we can understand it and relate to it so easy. Yeah. I mean, imagine, David, you go out and buy a new car, okay, and a house, okay? So you <laughs> you got all this debt, okay? And Somebody uh, pays that car. And, and, and someone just pays it off for you? Yeah. What would you feel like? You'd be like, What? You know, I, I yeah, like, but even more than that, I go out and buy a Lamborghini and like this, yeah, million dollar house that, that I can't afford can't on my afford. side. <laughs> yeah, and the first couple of payments, they they reel you in and oh and, man, and you beg for forgiveness and say, "I'm really sorry, I can't pay it back." Yeah, not only and they're are, like, are you "Oh, it's to, okay, just take it." Yeah, <laughs> your debt's forgiven. Yeah, you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and then I turn around and try to ask. Throw someone else in prison for not paying me back. Exactly, a little tiny debt. You know, I mean, it's just incredible, and and we can we can understand it so easily. Yeah, it's easy for us to understand. We understand this. That's right, and uh, and that's why he put it this way for us to understand. And you know, the amazing thing is this: this was wrote down a long time ago, mm-hmm. but we can relate to this today so easily. Uh, yeah, and. You know, it's good for us. And how blessed we are to have such a loving master. You know, and that's that's the point. Like, he gave so much for us. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about and the like, you know, these yeah. these list of no-nos, all these things yeah. that he's asking us not he's to do. He's forgiven us of those. Yeah. and Those are debts. And, and why would you not work on yourself? Yeah. Like, let's say you have these outbursts of wrath, as we mm-hmm. all do from time to time. Yeah. But you're unwilling to work on it. You're unwilling to try to change Just for like the Lord. Just like this servant. This servant was unwilling to work on it. Yeah. He didn't work on it. He went right out and tried to criminalize someone. That's right. And he was forgiven a debt that he could not pay back. Mm-hmm. This other, the debt that this gentleman owed him, or the other guy owned him, owed him, it was payable. Yeah. But and he that, wouldn't He wouldn't even be patient to let him pay him back. Mm-hmm. No, you 
throw them into jail. This is the reason why we have to work on this so hard. That's right. Is because we don't want to be this servant. That's right. He was so unthankful for the for the debt that he had been forgiven. He was so unthankful. I mean, like, like nothing. You know how unthankful he was. So unthankful, he just didn't even recognize it, and just went out and did the same thing to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So, boy, what a great example for us. See, I. You did good, man. You did good. Well, it just made me think, you know, when you brought it up. And I can't remember if you said something about debt. And I was like, oh, what about the attitude that that debtor had? That, you know, he he had the worst attitude ever. He did. Towards being forgiven of his debts. And we can't be that person. But we do the same thing. Like, you know, somebody somebody wrongs us. Yeah. You know what, Chad? Even, let's say, um, somebody murdered your family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should forgive them because mm-hmm. God's forgiven you so much more than that. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not, don't get me wrong. That's horrible. And I hope that never happens. Sure. But let's say, it, let's say, Chad, I, I, uh, I, I'm the one that cut you off on the road. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I apologize, but you're like, no, you screwed up, man. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. And you refuse to forgive me. Yeah. That's what this guy did. That's essentially exactly what it is. Where, I, I was just thinking about his attitude. Like, we do not want to have that attitude and and it's a mindset it's an attitude yeah and we have to change our attitude towards you know dealing with these kinds of things mm-hmm. and you know th- that brings out a the attitude mm-hmm. where i've i've heard of people getting shot mm-hmm. because they didn't like somebody's going through the chick-fil-a drive through mm-hmm. and the the people at chick-fil-a didn't didn't give them any extra sauce mm mm-hmm. mhm and they shoot him for it, <laughs> yeah, I and kill him. And it's like, yeah, how oh, ridiculous man. is that? You yeah, know, it is dying over sauce. You know, and um, man, I think I heard a story some similar to that through a Popeyes drive-through. Actually, um, these are things that actually happen. Yeah, just our horrible attitudes, and we don't we don't stop and think about what. Our master, Jesus Christ, has actually done for us? Well, and, and there's so many different angles we can look at this for. And, of course, we have seven minutes left, uh, believe it or not. Oh, man. But I was looking, um, you know, if we just keep going on with this uh, parable here, you know, um, Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other. Any other. How else was this servant going to be forgiven of this debt? Yeah. There was only one person that could do it. That's right. There was only one person that could forgive him. You know, um, David, your car payment. No one else is going to go in and say, hey, Dave, you're, you're, you're forgiven of this payment. Who, who, no one else other than that bank is going to say it. Right. Okay. Uh, there, there's no one else who can forgive you that debt because your agreement is with the bank. Yeah. Okay. No one else... We are not going to be saved from our sins by anyone else but Christ. That's right. You know, and that is so important. Yeah, there's no other way. That's right. You know, and this this goes right into John six. Let's turn over there. Let's back up. Um, I don't have it in my lesson, but let's back up to keep it into context. Okay, John six. Let's start in. I want to say um, 66, okay? Okay. 
says, from that time, many of his disciples, many of Jesus' disciples, went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Look at the response of yeah. Peter. I love Peter here. Yeah. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? Christ is the only one that has the words of eternal yeah. life. Yeah. And not only, you know, this is also what's so important about Christ walking on earth. He left his home in glory to walk among us, to show us and be the perfect example and show us the perfect way to the Father. He is the only one that has been in heaven. Why would you not follow him? Mm-hmm. When he says, this is the only way, why would you not follow him? Mm-hmm. Where else can you go? He is the only one that has the words of eternal life. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way we should be. And he says, also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. And and to tie this into a little bit what we were talking about last week as well, um, when people try to tell you, you know, somebody's willing to stand behind that pulpit and preach, they think so. Mm. You know, and I... You better double check I cannot them. tell you how many times I've heard preachers stand up mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, I think, or I mm. feel, or... I believe, or mm-hmm. I'm convinced. I'm mm-hmm. like, what does that have to do with mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. Can you save my soul? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that goes right into Galatians 1, 8 and 9. Okay. Here, Paul is speaking again. He says, but even if we... Now, when an apostle is speaking and he says, if we... He's speaking about the other apostles, mm-hmm. so the twelve. But even if he's we, including himself in there, he is including himself. The, you know the humility in Paul right there, which I love. But if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again: if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Mm-hmm. Even if an angel from heaven, even if someone is silly enough to stand behind that pulpit and tell you their thing so, mm-hmm. implementing their own their own version of the gospel. Well, and he emphasizes it twice here. He does. I know we've talked about this before. Twice in two verses. We've talked about this before. He said it twice. Yeah. He re-emphasized it, and that is so... I mean, he's he's laying down a, a point here. Because how many times do we hear or we see people, mm-hmm. well, my preacher said, mm-hmm. well, my my preacher said this, and my preacher said that, so I'm going to listen to him. Or they just, they come to church and they just listen to what he says, never questioning, never opening their Bible, and go home and just believe it. Because the preacher said it. You know, that's so scary. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, but that's... That's how serious this is. Oh, it's so serious. I, I love the next verse. Oh, yeah. Philippians 2.12. Philippians 2.12. says, Therefore, my bre- beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do 
for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and dis, um, disputing. Sorry, I could keep going on, Ron. No, but, I know. No, that's. But but the key point here is work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There in verse twelve. Yeah, it's it's up fear. to you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You know, Chad, I can't save you. You can't save yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it gets into well, Chad, I I think you need to wear slacks to church. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Why should you do that? Yeah, you shouldn't. You know, you need to work out your salvation. You know, you need to put your best foot forward, and I need to put my best foot forward, and both of our best foot forwards are going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Now, understand this is in the context of where the scripture is silent. Yeah, I'm not saying you know. Chad, here in, in Matthew five thirty two, you know, whatever you know, that's you have to adhere to the words of God. Yeah, that's not my thing. So that's God's telling you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where the Bible is silent, and I try to implement something, now I am binding where the law has not bound. Yeah, I cannot do that. Yeah, and I can't work out your salvation for you. I have to work out my salvation. Well, and 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 the next verse, Romans uh, fourteen twelve. Oh, yeah, that's a good so one. So then each of us shall give account to himself, to God. That's not, right. You're not giving account for me. That's I'm right. not giving an account for you. Yeah. We are each going to give an account for ourselves. Very good it. point. And, uh, you know, thank goodness, you know, he, man's not in charge of Judgment Day. <laughs> okay? Oh, man. Because man messes everything up. Okay? We really do. Yeah. <laughs> Just go look at the United States tax code, okay? It's a wreck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And to go right along with that, uh, Ezekiel 18, 20. Okay. You know, as you were talking about that, let's start in, in 19. Ezekiel 18, starting in verse 19. Yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? Because the son has done what is lawful and right. And has kept all my statues and observed them. He shall surely live. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Mm -hmm. To go right along with what you're saying, even in the family, you know, as you were talking about with the the wicked uh, servant. Yeah. His wife and his children were getting ready to throw into slavery with him. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, as it comes to our salvation, Chad, if you and I fail and we we are banished to hell because we have fallen away from the Lord, at least our families still have that hope, yeah, right? That's right? Where or vice versa, mm-hmm. and of course, as fathers, that's mm-hmm. like my worst fear, right? Sure. My family turning away from the Lord. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, if that happens, I do not bear the guilt of the child, nor the child bear the guilt of my yeah. or my sins. It's on us, man. It yeah, it is one hundred percent on you. Yeah, you can't you can't save someone else. You can only save yourself. That's right. Yeah, very good point, and I think that's a great place to stop. Actually, yeah. that's it, man. Good deal. And of course, you know there. Are, I will point out there are things you need to do in order to receive that salvation it's not just going to get given to you like that's right like what happened to this servant the un, unworthy servant or debtor 
you know, we, we have to hear, believe, repent, and be baptized, you know? Yeah. There's and confess. The, and, and confess. And, there, and there's, there's, and, and work and continue to work. That's right. And so, you know, there's a lot more, and we've talked about it here before. There's, there's things we have to do in order to receive that blessing. And, and, you know, we, they, we have to do it. That's so right. Once we receive it, then we have to keep working. And, and, you know, that's what we were talking about is encourage one another, you know, yep. uh, keep on keeping on. And Acts 247, let's not forget it is the Lord that adds you to his church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it said the Lord added to his church. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that adds you. Yep. So if you don't follow his plan for you, mm-hmm. he's not going to add you. That's right. And so, so good yeah. place to end there. So, yeah, that's it. Um, thanks, everyone. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. We'll look forward to uh, having a study with you next week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone.